table. Welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWE AM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. Hello, welcome to DNA Sports Talk. <laughs> this is the Don of DNA, where we bring the facts about sports. And if you don't agree, say so. You heard that musical montage at the very beginning. Congratulations, Los Angeles Lakers. 17 titles, now tying the Boston Celtics for the most in NBA history. And LeBron getting number four, uh, three, with... Uh, three different teams uh, for NBA um, Finals MVP, but we'll get more into depth as we go through our list of topics today. We'll also uh, see what the Falcon fans have to say about the final firing of Dan Quinn and maybe the surprising firing of GM Thomas Dimitrov at the same time. Also, this might be like a GOAT discussion today. Uh, of course, Many people will say that LeBron now having four makes him now the GOAT over Jordan. There's a GOAT on the WNBA floor, possibly. That is Miss Sue Bird. Uh, the Seattle Storm won the NBA WNBA championship this past week. Also in tennis, French Open, Rafael Nadal. We'll discuss how his name comes up in the GOAT discussion. And then NFL news. Dak Prescott, unfortunately, uh, is down. Will that be the end of his career? We'll, we'll discuss that, as well as Major League Baseball. Uh, so don't be too saddened, Atlanta fans. Uh, the Braves are still around and still in the postseason. So there's that team to cheer for. But let's start first with, uh, let's start with the Lakers. Looking at that series, I expected the Lakers to win in five. And if, you know, someone were to maybe be out for a small injury for either a quarter or two or something, it could be pushed to six, but definitely in five. However, as the series continued to go further and further, 
it looked like the Lakers should have swept because in game two, there was no 20 points. Uh, what was he averaging? 20 points, maybe 10 rebounds from um, Bam Adebayo. And then also the other starter, um, what's the guard? Uh, Dragon. Um, Dragic. Dragic, right, was out. So that's another, what, 17 points a game. So you're looking at 37 points missing from your starting lineup from a Heat team that was number five coming out of the Eastern Conference. Now, I will give the Heat a lot of credit for battling and playing hard. I think that's the makeup of their coach, uh, Eric Spolstra, as well as the the godfather, uh, Pat Riley, that they're going to fight to the bitter end. And what I saw in game six out of the Lakers is what I expected in game five. I expected them to come out with the Mamba mentality because they were wearing the Mamba jerseys, which they were undefeated until Friday. And I expected to see that. Let's go ahead and end this. Let's not wait around to a game six and continue to give them life and even have back at that time, Dragic. Because Bam played, but he was, you could tell he still wasn't healthy. He, he was serviceable in game five, but it was all about Jimmy Butler and just basically playing every minute except for one and giving everything he had in a 40-point triple-double to even make it a game six. So looking at that, I think that is where some people will have the argument about the GOAT discussion with LeBron against Jordan. Is yes, you won your fourth title, but it was against the fifth seed. If you look at the numbers, Jordan has won more playoff series and people like to make the argument of who they went up against, which is valid. They talk about the Hall of Famers that LeBron has faced as opposed to Jordan, which in the finals and in the playoffs combined, Jordan has faced more. And the team records that they have gone up against, Jordan has faced more teams with 50 or more victories or 60 or more victories in NBA history. So I challenge anyone, and I'm not taking anything away from LeBron, I challenge anyone to show how LeBron has faced better talent when those teams that Jordan has faced were consistently 50 and 60 point win teams. I think what a lot of people look at is just the the talent that's on the teams and comparing it to LeBron. Are they going to say LeBron's better than Magic? Uh, maybe somebody does. Somebody thinks that. Uh, does he? Do they think that he's better than Clyde Drexler? That he's better than Barkley and Malone and Stockton <laughs> and Kemp and Payton? He's people are going to look that he's better than those guys, so therefore he had better teams, and they're they're nothing because Jordan beat them, and he's better than Jordan. So it doesn't matter if Jordan beat them. Right. Will LeBron, is, Le, or is LeBron better than them? If they say yes, then it makes those teams not matter, like make make them less, less than. Of- and it's all about you know what LeBron just did rather than comparing it to something in history. But again, you look at those teams. So you look at Jordan going against the Pistons that he lost to, the Celtics that he lost to to get there, the Knicks that he lost to, the Heat that he got had to beat, 
the Magic teams that he had to beat. All those teams were in the East that he had to get to. And then in the finals, it was only one year that he faced a three seed, which was the Lakers. But the Lakers, again, had Magic and Worthy and Vladi and uh, Perkins. So, and they were a 50-win team. <laughs> I want to say 56 wins, but they were three seed. So, again, you're still facing a team with 50-plus wins. After that, he faced one seeds throughout the rest of the finals. The Lakers played a five seed in the Miami Heat. And it was only because of the bubble. And a lot of people will put an asterisk on this particular finals. And I don't have a problem with that. And I don't care if the Clippers won it or the Bucks won it, whoever, it will still be that was the pandemic season. We do the same thing with this um, Spurs. That first one in 99. We'll say, yeah, they um, Duncan has five, but one of them was doing a shortened season. And they played an eight seed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so no matter, yes, it's a championship. It's in the books. But in the public opinion, there will always be an asterisk. There will always be, but it was during the pandemic. But that was 2020. But that was in the bubble. And so because of that, that, takes away some of LeBron's luster as far as being the GOAT. I do have him number two now, though. I, I will say Jordan is one. He is two. I will give credit to playing and winning the championship, but I just can't give it full credit. It's like grading on a curve because of all the other circumstances and situations around it. Yes, it's an A because of what took place. But in the bubble, though, the reason why the Heat were able to survive was because there was no back and forth, uh, flying between different cities, playing in different arenas. If you're a jump shooting team, you're going to favor or play better in that type of situation because your depth procession is always the same every single game. And it's a lot easier looking at Quinn Cook, who got left on the bus, left from the bus going back to the um, the hotel. He could easily walk back. So that has a lot to do with it, and it gave uh, LeBron time. What he had three months, four months between games. I mean, before the uh, bubble started in July, and when it ended in March, to rest, recoup, get better, and that was a huge advantage. But my top five now, after this, is Jordan 1, LeBron 2, Magic 3, Kareem 4, and 5. Kobe, Wilt, Bill, Larry Bird. Is, is, uh, 5, I'm going to have to go Duncan. And the only reason why I say that is because if I were if I were picking a team from point guard to shooting guard to small forward to power forward to center, that's my five. At point guard is Magic. Shooting guard is Jordan. Small forward is LeBron. Power forward is Duncan. And Kareem is center. So I cannot have Duncan outside of my top 10 if he's not the best power for it to play the game. So 
if I'm picking a squad and that's my starting five, then that's my top five. Now, after five, I would go Hakeem, Shaq, Kobe, Bird, Bill Russell. I can't not, even though it was an era of, you know, 10 teams, <laughs> 11 titles is still 11 titles at some point. I have to give credit to that and winning one as a coach. 11 is still 11. Um, the only reason why I have Akeem over Shaq is because he beat him in the finals. I mean, in the playoffs. And it wasn't just, um, you know, he got him by a couple of points or a couple of rebounds. He really made Shaq look like, oh, you just a big man with no game. And after that, of course, Shaq went on to be more dominant and he learned from that particular series. But uh, the dream shake is enough <laughs> in itself. If you look back at some of the highlights of that particular um, Western Conference, I think that was in the West Conference Finals, of how he just outplayed Shaq. So that's why I would have him slightly over Shaq. Who is your top five? Um, if I went by position, at point guard, I would have um, Magic, Magic, shooting guard, uh, Jordan, uh, LeBron at small forward. At power forward, I can understand why people would say Duncan. Um, he did a lot. There's nothing flashy about him. Um, and we're talking about play on the court, so not – not anything personal wise, but I would say Carl Malone. <laughs> um, I know he didn't win any, he didn't win a championship or anything, but uh, I, I give him a slight edge over Duncan really? in that regard. Slight, very slight. He was actually a very good defensive player. He, he wasn't a shot blocker, but that's not what a lot of power forwards were expected to do. Um, okay. And at center, I would have I would have Kareem also. Um, I did not see him play one minute live <laughs> when he was playing, <laughs> even though I could have. <laughs> he played for a very long time, right? Um, but yeah, I was I was still half Kareem. Uh, he has um, the most unstoppable move ever that nobody else tries to do. Ever, <laughs> Magic imitated it for two shots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one went in to you know save a series, another one missed, but that's it. And yeah. the reason why I have Duncan is because of his just all-around game. It's just so consistent. Uh, I, I get why you have Malone. I understand. But I think Malone was more a product of having Stockton in that pick and roll where Duncan was giving the ball on the block. I can turn around and face up. I can low post. He had more moves to me. Than Carl Malone. Well, Malone, but he was he was unique in that regard, yes. And Malone was unique as far as a guy that big running back and back and forth down the floor forty minutes a game. Most power forwards would not be able to keep up with him, and that's why he scored so many points off the fast break just by running. And. Uh, 
you know, that that part of the game does matter. I mean, there were a lot of it was easy buckets, but he worked to get those still. Uh, so they're they're both buckets. they're both unique in their own in their own regard as far as how they affected the game. Um so I mean I, I won't hold anybody who says Duncan over Malone. I would I right. would just pick Malone slightly. I mean, it might be Duncan tomorrow. I don't know. I go back and forth with <laughs> you, them. You changing it, boy. You getting bad, too. As far as heads. It's just bet. those two. No one else enters the conversation. It's okay. kind of like this. Uh, I, I listened to this podcast once where these guys were. This guy said when he was young, uh, him and his friend would argue who's the better point guard, Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas. One would say Magic. The other would say Isaiah. But then a third guy would come in with somebody like Fat Lever and <laughs> like we're not talking about fat lever right now you know this is 1990 so you know we're talking those are the two best point guards in league so i don't i don't come in with some third guy like it's between duncan and malone and that's it yeah that's yeah it. that's it um i i will say i like kg but um i don't know where to place kg at center or at power forward that's the only thing as to where he gets labeled it depends on kind of the, the era that you look at. Um, early in his career, he was clearly a power forward. Um, then he was asked to do a little more, and he was kind of more of a small forward at, at some point. And when he came to Boston, he was uh, kind of the beginning of the small ball era to where he's the small ball five, and um, but still more of a... Uh, he still had power. He was like a power forward offensively and a center defensively. Right. I, I still look at, well, who's your six through 10? Uh, if it were backups at each position, mm-hmm. um, my second point guard would be, I'm kind of leading more, tough. more Steph Curry. Really? Yeah, I mean, if Over I'm considering if I'm considering the totality of NBA history, okay, I'm considering eras. You know, I mean, I it could be Isaiah, but I I would I would go Steph Curry. My second two guard would be Kobe. Definitely. Uh, my second small forward is Bird. Yep. My second power forward will be Duncan. Right. And at center. I would go with Shaq over Akeem. Really? Even though Akeem was the the total package. Total uh, package. The total. Like he he jump could do, shot too. He could do that everything. Fifteen footer. Yeah. The Shaq's era of dominance, which you could say is like a ninety six to two thousand five. Okay. Maybe two thousand four. Uh, basically, his his Laker his Laker time, right, was more dominant than uh, Hakeem's best eight years in the league. Mm. Rules were changed because of Shaq, which it should be an automatic notch for how great you You're are. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, to where you have you can't foul after uh, two minutes in the game. Right, and also what the, um, I guess, kind of the, the playing in the playing in the post. Yeah. What, what a center, basically now a center has verticality, 
and can and can jump when defending someone in the post right. before they couldn't do that because it was going to be a foul every time. I will say that Shaq. was hard to referee Shaq. At what point is he running over somebody for an offensive foul, and at what point are they fouling him? It's, it's hard to. To and when it's, when it's hard to when you're hard to officiate, that also is a sign of how great you are. I agree. I just saw the head to head, and I didn't have to worry about what would have been the matchup. But we saw it head to head. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, it was good that we got that, but that was Shaq in year three, and Akeem in year eleven. Yeah. But I mean, you would think by year eleven he had lost something, but he. He dominated Shaq in the post. It again, it wasn't like there was a, uh, you know, it wasn't an argument as to who got the better of who. It wasn't like, oh well, I'm a Shaq person, I'm gonna say Shaq, or I like Akeem as Akeem. It was consistent. Shaq got destroyed by Elijah One in that series. So I gotta go. It's one of those things when you're trying to decide a winner, you go to head to head first. What was the head-to-head matchup? Hakeem won that one. But I, I get why, you know, why you say Shaq, though. Again, if you got to change the rules for somebody, yes, that's a, a huge difference in what takes place. Now, looking back at the Lakers and their championship, it was interesting Interesting that um, LeBron made the statement that, you know, uh, Rob Palenka needed to get his respect. Frank Vogel needed to get his respect. Laker Nation. And then he said, I needed to get respect. You can tell that even in the post game, when he says, when he's compared and he paused, he was about to say Jordan. He was like, when I'm compared to NBA history, you know, I, I feel like I need to get that respect. I, I would have wanted him just go ahead and say, when, y- when y'all compare me to Jordan, now I have four. I'm still trying to, you know, get two more to end this discussion. Or as Magic said, if he gets five, then more than likely the discussion is over as to who's the GOAT. Just come out and say it. Because everybody has been saying it. We know Paul Pierce on um, uh, NBA Countdown constantly berates LeBron, whatever it is. And LeBron takes the trash out. He probably says that he should have put on flip-flops instead of sneakers to do it, it doesn't matter because that's just how much the hate builds up in some people about it. But just come out and say it. He said it, you know, years ago that he, in his words, he was chasing the ghost, which was Jordan. But just come out and say, look, when are y'all going to give me respect for going to these finals, winning these finals, and starting to put me above Jordan? Just come out and say it. It's not like Jordan can come out and play again, even though he might, as competitive as he is, but just come out and say it. That's what that's what I don't understand is if you want to, and I don't think he can be like Jordan because he doesn't have that that killer like, you know, at any at any cost, I'm going to beat you. Because if he did, there's no way they lose game five. And I don't fault him for passing to a wide-open Danny Green who's had more three-point shots in, what they say, finals history, I want to say. Maybe maybe tied with Curry. But, again, wide-open three for the game. I don't fault him for that because he drew three, almost four 
heat players on him. But you go ahead and put a team away and make sure that they don't get to a point to where you have to rely on Danny Green. If that's the mama mentality, if that's what your mindset is going in, then that's what you have to do. And because of that, again, I think that's why he's going to be number two unless he wins a fifth one. Now, if they come back during a regular season this coming year and he goes back to back, then I'll put him up there. Because that would be impressive in having a full season, regular playoffs going back and forth, between different cities. We'll see what the makeup of the, of the team is at that point. We, we know AD is going to be there. It remains to be seen if um, KCP will be there. Um, who else? Uh, Caruso is still on the contract, if I'm correct. Uh, I was looking at their... Um, who was there? JaVale is still there. They're free agents. I'm pulling up right now. Uh, I know that, uh, yeah, KCP has a player option. Rondo mm-hmm. is a player option. That's right, Rondo. Uh, even though I don't know if he will get a ring, but Avery Bradley has a player option. <laughs> He's going to get one. Uh, JaVale McGee, and then, you know, they're uh, mercenaries in a, in a way. Deion Waiters, Markeith Morris, <laughs> Jared Dudley, Dwight Howard are all Dudley didn't come back. Yeah, he should just retire. <laughs> but he um, got a ring. He got one. He it, got it, one. Time to retire. <laughs> uh, Go out on top, Dudley. <laughs> uh, Danny Green, Quinn Cook, and Alex Caruso are free agents next after next season. They're all staying. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is re- will be restricted next season. Yeah, he's staying. Right? Um, some team might offer Kuzma a lot of money. Really? I after think he, I think somebody even after this after like, the death threats. Really? Somebody, somebody's going to offer him money. Come on, y'all. Someone's going to offer Kyle Kuzma a lot of money, and the Lakers will have to make a decision. Do we match that offer? But the, here's the thing. Come on, fans. Y'all got to do better than that. You can't be threatening that man because he missed some jump shots. <laughs> I mean, not the death threats. That's, that's taking it too far. But as presently constructed, uh... Everybody, uh, except for Dudley, comes back and more. Well, they might try and keep Morris. They Even might try to may... bring in uh, his brother because he's a free agent too. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could replace Dudley, and then you could have both Morris twins. I know the, the priority, of course, is Anthony Davis. Um, I, with JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard, they'll probably, I would recommend keeping one of them at least. But not both. But not both. I mean, in this finals, they both barely played. And but that's probably, because they were playing the Heat, though. But if they played if they played the Bucks, mm-hmm. I don't um they, it's probably the same because Brooke Lopez is out there to spread the floor. So Yeah. I I to if you have to bring somebody out to to cover him, that's not likely going to be McGee or Howard. Howard. It'll be A D. Yeah. So I, I think it would have. If you had to choose, who would you keep? Um, I think for he is he is underrated as far as how he's he's undervalued as far as his defensive presence. I would keep Dwight Howard if he can 
he can still keep, play. I would keep Dwight Howard. Like McGee is is a little bit younger. He's more athletic, but he those Shackton moments still happen. I'm about to say, <laughs> get out of my head. I was they thinking, still I was like, happen. If you've been on Shackton the Fool every year, <laughs> multiple times, then no, you have to have uh, Dwight Howard over JaVale McGee. I mean, that's just a, a no-brainer no brainer on who needs to be kept and who needs to go at that particular point. Um, other than that, I could see... Like you said, the other more coming in for Dudley. Avery Bradley comes back, which they missed him, obviously. I would try and keep Rondo because I think Rondo was the unsung hero in helping them not see a game seven. He was, um, you know, even though he wasn't scoring a lot uh, until game six, he was doing a lot of the little things. It would be, you know, deflections or just making a, 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 a the hockey assist. Like he really is one of the smarter players in the game. Yeah. Like, if to me, if there was anybody who I could see being a coach immediately after retiring, Rondo. that's Rondo. Yeah. Um. So they, they, he, and they needed him, and he was kind of the guy that would. You know, I don't know if there's any, uh, too many instances of someone just standing up to LeBron because of his perceived the passive aggressiveness and his. <laughs> You know, every time somebody messes up, he he has some kind of reaction. And I, during the finals, or or some at po- some point during the playoffs, Rondo came up to him and said, "These young players see that, yeah. So kind of have to get that under control so they don't lose confidence when they're out there, so that they don't think it's the end of the world if they ever make a mistake." mistake. Uh, so I think to have that kind of voice in in LeBron's ear and to be that that veteran presence even though he's looked the same his whole 14 year career he's looked exactly Some the things same haven't changed. but um, they I think the Lakers need that so if he wants to if he wants to keep playing I think the Lakers should need to bring him back they do need to bring, they him, need back. To bring him back but if not then I think someone else will pick it him up it would be really hard for them to win a title without Rondo next year Yeah, just because, for the intangibles alone and because you're asking one thing that that helped LeBron is that there is a true. I always felt like he it was a it was very hard for him to play with a true point guard, with a guy who can run the offense, offense. besides him. Um, and it it worked in this regard with having Rondo. But if you don't if you don't have that now, I don't know how they can um, how they can repeat. Because now you're asking Alex Caruso to be that guy. <laughs> He's not. Or or Avery Bradley. And it's I'm not saying that they're not, you know, good enough to play in the NBA, but they're not Rondo as far as their IQ. No. So you need those high IQ guys. So I think that they need they need to bring Rondo back. I would he would probably be the second most important player that they need to resign after AD, of course. Rondo makes everything else go. And you spoke to IQ. That's the only reason why. LeBron respects Rondo is because of his IQ. And LeBron has to see maybe not quite an equal, but someone comparable to him in basketball knowledge for him to respect that particular person. You saw, of course, the 
meme that went around after the J.R. Smith that, you know, and then he went over to the bench and soaked and pouted in that Cleveland series is because he expects people to have a certain level of IQ when it comes to basketball, of court awareness. And we'll get to the NFL and how somebody in, you know, down in Tampa Bay didn't have that. But <laughs> you have to have that awareness of what's going on, where the mismatch are going to take place. Uh, even in that particular series, what was it, in game four, where LeBron kept going up against uh, a pick and roll trying to get Tyler Hero on. That's just knowing basketball of we're going to run this until they either bring a double team or something, and then somebody's going to be open to kick out to. And also in games one and two, when the Heat went to man-to-man, flash somebody to the top, bring AD down to the, the left corner, back pick. You know, this is how we beat a zone, and AD was dominant in that series. So again, basketball IQ, knowing where to go with the ball, LeBron will respect that particular person like he does Rondo. So that's why it's important for Rondo to come back. Now, looking at AD, it wasn't a surprise that LeBron was MVP based off a of game four in which, no, game three, where uh, AD barely showed up. No, yeah, game three that they lost. Uh, AD didn't show up in that game. LeBron had 25, I want to say. 25, 10, and 9. I think he was one assist away from a triple-double, one rebound away. So that eventually gave LeBron his fourth MVP in the finals. And AD, I think, took a started to take a back seat. I understand that they went from zone to man-to-man, but I think he started to take more of a back seat to let LeBron front. On run. offense. On yes. offense, yes defensively completely disruptive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but we don't pay attention to defense, though. When we're voting for MVP, well, people need we don't to. pay attention to that. They need to. <laughs> uh, he was completely disruptive on defense. Uh, not not with blocking a lot of shots, but just him, just if he's in the way, like it made Miami think and, and, and pass to somebody else. Um, him changing shots. So he was completely disruptive as far as if Miami wasn't making threes and then they tried to attack the basket. Okay, you got to go through AD. And that was where he affected the series the most. Yes, on the defense side of the ball. Yeah. Even though it was a blocking game four toward the end uh, that helped basically seal the victory at that particular point in time. Yeah, just his presence alone was enough. And... I do agree with a lot of um, the different media people as well as fans that this is the best player, this is the best Robin, Batman to Robin, that LeBron has ever had. Because you got somebody who can be dominant on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Yes, better than Wade, better than Kyrie, that this was the best all-around player that LeBron has had next to him, which now... You could see LeBron playing three more years. Before, I think everybody was like maybe one more year, but when you have AD next to you, that allows that gives you a couple more years to play. LeBron's playing until he's at least forty. <laughs> so five more years. Right, yeah. So now the there is real validity to him playing either with or against his son. Then, 
in the NBA? I well, he has two years left on his on his deal. He can actually opt out after next year. Right. Uh, after that, I think he's just going to be signing one year deals, and then he'll be a free agent, and then wait for whatever team drafts Bronny, and then he'll go play then with he'll him. Go play with him to close out the career. It's it's too close not to entertain that idea on a serious note. That yes, he is four years away from playing in the NBA, and that would make him what thirty nine, right at forty. Is what he's thirty five. Yeah. So if it's that close, then you you try and make that happen. And that would be interesting to see what team he goes to. Could he have? Uh, could uh, what's his what's Clutch Sports? Um, Rich, Rich Paul. Paul. Could he <laughs> finagle a way to bring LeBron there, regardless to who's you know supposed to be drafting in the first uh, five picks in two thousand and what twenty five twenty twenty five draft? No, it might be the twenty yeah twenty twenty four twenty twenty four draft. Yeah. But either, I mean, either way, LeBron will be a free agent at the time. And a free agent is going to happen after the draft. He just has to sit and wait. Just <laughs> and then that team may have the cap space to sign some other people. And guess what? Championship contender. And now Bronny and dad win get a championship. Get a championship together. To end the career. <laughs> it's a setup, y'all. It, it is. Well, I mean, it was a setup this season. We knew once Kobe passed, there was no way the Lakers were going to lose and not bring home that Larry O'Brien trophy to the city of L.A. I mean, that was going to be impossible. It would have taken LeBron getting hurt and not playing. Because I really believe if A.D. gets hurt and he doesn't play, then LeBron steps up and they make sure on certain calls that the Lakers have the advantage regardless. But (laughs) only way they didn't win this year is if LeBron gets hurt and where he's out completely for the season. But once again, congratulations to the Lakers. Again, 17 titles, tying them for the most in NBA history with the Celtics. LeBron getting his fourth title. First time anyone has done it with three different teams. And again, the fourth time that he's been named finals MVP. Uh, When we come back, we're going to stick with basketball. We're going to go with WNBA. This is DNA Sports Talk. This is 1100 AM. We'll be right back. Hello, this is DNA Sports Talk. This is Donna D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Make sure you follow DNA Sports Talk on Twitter, DNA Sports Talk on Instagram, DNA Sports Talk on Facebook, DNA Sports Talk on Snapchat. Reach us directly. DNA Sports Talk at Gmail. Our website www.dnasportstalk.com. Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds and go to the best Nolan style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun-style food, specializing in seafood. The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta, 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. 
Hey, I'm Murfinetti. You can say Murfinetti Collection is the newest, comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry, to the sports world, to the judicial system, to the political world, <laughs> to the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life. www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com Once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at MurfinettiFashions.MyBigCommerce.com Or just six. The staff here at Real 1100 AM would like to encourage you to social distance yourselves. While you may feel disconnected, you can always connect with us at Real1100.com. So remain at a safe distance. Call, text, or email a friend and tell them to join you at real1100.com. And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWWE 1100 AM. Well, welcome back to DNA Sports Talk. We're bringing the facts about sports. And if you don't agree, say so. Call in 404-603-8770. Call in 404-603-8770. Uh, we just finished talking about the Lakers. Uh, once again, 17th title for the for the uh, city of L.A. All from the Lakers, none from the Clippers. <laughs> we'll see what the Clippers have to do next year. They don't have any retired jerseys, no championships. <laughs> they never made the conference finals. Oh, man. <laughs> Which is why Doc got fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And went to the Sixers, which I think was a good choice. Steve Ballmer, the CEO of Microsoft, okay? He's out here. He wants to win. Now. Right now. Now, immediately. <laughs> that's why that's why these moves were made. It's like, oh, you want to do the one trade for him? Okay, we're gonna trade seven draft picks. Right. First all all first round picks. We don't have a first round pick for the next seven, seven years. years. But we can win now. All right, I'll do that. Let's do that. Yeah. So he went literally he, he all to in. He yeah. took all his chips, all his Microsoft chips, no pun intended, all <laughs> in and was like, we're doing it this year. And I don't know if the pandemic doesn't happen and they're not in the bubble that they don't pull this off. I don't. Um, it it affected some players. It affected some mentally. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> i.e. PG. <laughs> he went from playoff George to pandemic George. <laughs> um, before we get to WNBA, congratulations to uh, Rich Paul on being named Executive of the Year. Um, yeah, I said that right. Rich Paul was named executive of the year. I, you know, Rob Palenka didn't make those moves. Rob Palenka's name is on executive of the year, but it's actually Rich Paul. Oh, what organization is this? Because I thought it was Lawrence Frank, the Clippers president. Oh, that's right. President. Frank did get it. That's right. You're right. I think Palenka was like eighth in the voting from what Rich I Paul saw. Rich Paul should have won then. You're right. Yeah, if 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 Palenka won, then he got a share with Rich Paul. Sure, yeah. that's right. Clippers, Lawrence Frank. I think second was Sam Presti for Oklahoma City, and third was Pat Riley. <laughs> of course, Pat Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Pat is gonna have his name on something. It doesn't matter what it is, regardless. 
But yes, you're right. It was Frank for the Clippers, which again is another reason why Doc was let go. It's like you pull all these moves to win now, and if they don't, the Clippers don't win this coming year, then it's all over for them. They'll never win again because you don't have any draft picks to support. Kawhi and Paul George can opt out. Oh, they're gonna be gone unless they win. But I, but Kawhi came because he wanted to go home. So he may resign because he can get a bigger contract. But I don't know about Paul George. Depending on how the team feels about him um, after next season, because they kind of they. He's like, oh, we can we can come back and, and, and we can do this. We have to do better. But the way he played, it's like, why are we going to listen to you? Yeah, I agree. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens uh, next year. Uh, WNBA, congratulations. Seattle Storm, clean sweep. It wasn't even close. Uh, um, of the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA finals, they took game one game two and then finally game three uh games one and two the 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 final score was only a 13 point victory but they kind of pulled away in the fourth quarter and it wasn't really close and then they just destroyed them in game three uh that one was 92 to 59 giving brianna stewart who was the mvp her second championship and giving sue bird her fourth championship all of them with Seattle and it was interesting yesterday to see we'll get to the NFL in a minute but just Russell Wilson coming into the game with a Sue Bird jersey on and then in the post game talking about Sue Bird and how that affected their particular game which we'll get to but it's also time to now look at WNBA and Sue Bird is she in that GOAT status is she would you have her above Maya Moore um Man, that that's tough. That's, <laughs> that's, that's tough. tough. I would I would say she has the edge um, because Maya Moore has has taken the last two seasons off uh, for for with, a perfectly good reason. But deal with social issues. Um, but it, we're talking about play on the court. Then I got to give um, Sue Bird the the edge. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I mean, and Ooh. it's what the part that's difficult about that also is. There are some players that we don't talk about that had great careers and they don't have all the hardware to show for it. Like Becky Hammond was great. Uh, Rebecca Lobo had a lot of injuries. Um, uh, Cheryl Swoops was on those Houston, those, Comets. those Houston Comets team, but the team folded. So it's like we forget about them. <laughs> um, they actually went away. Cynthia Cooper also. Yeah, uh, Lisa Leslie. I think she has. She has two, two with LA. Uh, Candace Parker has two. I think two. Uh, so I mean, she she's in the conversation. Sue Bird is in the conversation for it. Um, and if somebody gives it to her, like I told you before the show, she's not gonna have it for long. <laughs> <laughs> Brianna Stewart is. Look, Brianna Stewart is. Uh, she is one everywhere she's been. She, she won four national championships and won four most outstanding players. She's got her second championship. She might have had a third if she didn't get hurt uh, last year. Last year, yeah. Uh, she's got and a gold medal. And to come back from that injury. Yeah, right. So uh, she's 
if Sue Bird has it, Brianna Stewart is just standing standing by. She is standing by. I, I think the Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart is similar to LeBron and AD, and that Sue Bird can continue to play maybe a few more years at the age of forty because Brianna Stewart is coming into her own and being so dominant and. You know the comparisons of her and AD are similar. Offensive side, defensive side of the ball, they can, they can literally do it all. And because of age, they can prolong Sue Bird or LeBron's um, career a little longer. Now Sue Bird is one of only three people in basketball history to win titles in three different decades. Um, Sally and Duncan are the only other ones to do it. But again, to win in three different decades, four titles for the city of Seattle says a lot. And to be the all-time assist leader in finals says a lot. And I think from that, she doesn't have to, in the latter stages of her career now, score 17 a game. It can drop down to 10, and more than likely she will continue to have 10 assists and allow Breonna Stewart to develop. And I agree with you. It's just a matter of time before Breonna Stewart continues to to dominate, continue these final MVPs to where we're looking at her now on that Mount Rushmore or the GOAT of women's basketball. And it's only a short amount of time because, again, I still, and I'm not going to discriminate, I still put an asterisk by this championship for Seattle because it's in the bubble. I mean, regardless, it's... They were one of the better teams, but we still don't know how things would have fared if there was travel involved, if they had to go play in Las Vegas. Um, I, I look at um, Jewel Lloyd on the um, Seattle um, Storm team as now taking over as that second player, which again allows Sue Bird to be that floor general. She turns into Rondo at this particular point. And she doesn't have to worry about scoring every single possession. She can be that setup person, whether it's, like you said, a hockey assist or regular assist. Her mind and of the game is going to be infectious to everybody else that plays. And I think the other thing, too, and, I mean, injuries happen. The Vegas Aces didn't have Cambry and one other uh, woman, um, Cambridge that didn't play, which would have changed the outcome of this particular series. But a championship is a championship in the record book, but again, there's an asterisk attached to it because it will be, yes, you won four titles, but one of those was in 2020. A lot of people back in April and May were saying not to have sports, period. And for this to even take place says a lot. So congratulations to the WNBA and NBA for having the bubble and making it one of the safest places in the U.S. to play and to be able to crown a championship says a lot about both organizations. And also congratulations once again to the TBT for showing everybody or giving them the blueprint that yes this could work because both leagues were strongly looking at the uh, TBT tournament to say okay how can we improve on this what things are they doing well what things can we implement and follow so that we come out 
with the success with, that they've had. And it, it started with that. And then from there, being able to have a bubble for the WNBA. Now, WNBA, if they ever have to do a bubble again, you gotta be able to get the virtual fans in there. <laughs> you gotta give them a little bit better <laughs> accommodations and everything else. You know, we're not asking for, you know, the lows, the four seasons, but it got to at least be a W. <laughs> it got to at least be the Western or something. Well, it can't be Holiday Inn executive suites is my thing. Oh, In for the WNBA. For the WNBA. Okay, yeah, they, they had yeah, some questionable accommodations. <laughs> maybe Days In. I ain't trying to dump on Days In, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Those conversations <laughs> at least <laughs> a Hilton, right? Something, not not the Motel Six where we leave the light on for you, right. because I think that's what uh, someone on Twitter actually had said that it feels like Motel Six, and they responded back. At least we keep the light on for you. <laughs> so those kind of accommodations and little things like that need to take place. Um, the other thing too with the bubble. It was good to see the both sides of the ball, the women and the men, stay on point with their social injustice and everything else that they wanted to to make a part of the movement and not not let all the talk all of a sudden be about basketball, who wins and who lost. That that was an interesting thing is that we look at what the, the hiccups that the other sports have had. With basketball, the only hiccup, if you want to call it that, was when the Bucks started the boycott. Right. And they didn't play for four days. But did anybody test positive for COVID-19? No. no. Did it happen with the NHL? No. no. But you see baseball and football. Some, some teams miss up to seven games in baseball and during the regular season. Right. And, and now they're doing the bubble thing for the playoffs. Right. With football, they're trying to go on as if nothing has changed. I, I'm pretty sure someone else from the Tennessee Titans <laughs> tested positive today. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is, you know, it, because you have a negative test, it might be negative then, but a few days later, it can be positive, especially if you come in contact with somebody. So, NFL... I have no idea how they plan on resolving this. I mean, you can only move so many games to Tuesday. <laughs> and now they're the, uh, the I know we'll get to it later, the Broncos and Patriots who were supposed to play yesterday. It was moved to Monday, but then someone else it's tested positive. positive. <laughs> so now it's been moved to week eight or whatever, or week 11. But moving things around, I mean, you're, you're going to have to do that every week. So uh, it's hard to say. Uh, maybe some sports should have come back, but maybe some other sports shouldn't, or they should have had the foresight to do some kind of bubble Something. To, to make it happen. And the NFL did have, they had the head start on everybody. Everybody, because all everybody else was going to be playing a lot sooner than they were. They had plenty of time to do it. Um, before we go to break, Chargers or Saints Monday night tonight? Kickoff in about 14 minutes. Uh, I picked the Saints officially. Um, that don't sound. You sound like you can hedge your bets too. I mean, I'm not you sure. They're like they're favored. Uh, I know um, Keenan Allen. I mean, not Keenan Allen. Michael Thomas. 
got into a fight with somebody at, uh, at practice. Um, but uh, the Saints uh, playing at home, I know it's not like really a home field advantage, but um, I think they'll be able to. Um, I, I just think they're going to win. I, I did. The, I did I pick the them, but yeah, I, I think they're going to win. I got the Saints winning that one. But the pressure is off Herbert now since he's officially the starter. Tyra can't catch a break. That's sad. That's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go Saints in that one. Uh, once again, congratulations to the Seattle Storm. Four titles for the city of, uh, of Seattle. Four for Sue Bird. That's two for Stewie, who is now a two-time Finals MVP. Uh, when we come back, we're going to go college football. This is DNA Sports Talk. It's 1100 AM. We'll be right back. You are tuned into WWE Peakville. AM 1100. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Haroline from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robson. Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. Kids follow your lead. Help them stay healthy. Wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes, nose, or mouth. And cover coughs and sneezes. Clean and disinfect the objects you touch often, like your phone, the remote, and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And if you're the one who's sick, stay home. This station is part of the Beasley Best Community of Caring, and we care about your family. For more info, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Have you been looking for a radio station that gives you sports? I don't believe it! It's a touchdown! Entertainment? Are you not entertained? And other special interest talk shows? Well, isn't that special? All on one app? Yo, that's dope. What app is that? It's the real 1100 AM app for WWE. Grab it for free in your Google Play or Apple App Store today. Back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWE 1100 AM. Hello, welcome back to DNA Sports Talk. We're bringing the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. 404 is the number to call in. 404-603-8770. Uh, we were discussing the WNBA Finals. And once again, congratulations to the Seattle Storm, Sue Bird, and... Stewie, Brianna Stewart, take home the championship. Uh, we were talking during the break about the Vegas Aces. 
the injuries. I said Canby at first and then changed it to Cambridge, Cambridge who was out. But that's why I was combining two names because Hambry was out as well. And Sue, um, um, not Sue, I'm about to say Sue Bird, um, Kelsey Plum was out for the Vegas Aces. So injuries are all part of it, but not having those three in the finals definitely made it a lot easier for Seattle to win the championship and for Vegas to play as well as they did to make it to the finals. Um, says a lot about their team and their coach, Bill Lambeer, and how far they come. Uh, before we go to college football, let's go tennis. French Open took place this uh, weekend, the championship. And congratulations to Rafael Nadal on winning for the men. That is now 13 13 championships at the French Open. Let that sink in. 13 times he's won the French Open. Uh, definitely keeping that nickname King of Clay at that particular point. This is now his 20th overall. Now tying him with Roger Federer for the most titles in tennis for the men. Serena is uh, 23, Margaret Court 24 for the women. So they have that on lock, but now we're looking at the men's side. And by winning this 13th French Open and 20th title, does Nadal now move into the GOAT conversation? I think he was always he was he was in it. He's been in it for a while. He's been in it for a while. Um, I think so. But I think the kind of the the thing that somewhat that people will take away from him is that he didn't. Um, that he's just good on clay. I mean, 13 of his <laughs> 13. titles have been on clay. Uh, so it's it's like things things haven't gone that way that much as far as the other surfaces. But that's kind of been the knock on uh, Federer. Federer has a French Open title, doesn't he? He has one, yeah. Okay, he's got one. He's got one. <laughs> he's got it's kind of hard to get it when somebody else wins 13 times. You know, and, and this was kind of like when... when uh, the two best in the world were Sampras and Agassi. Uh, Sampras had a lot more titles. Right. But at least Agassi had won each one at least once. Sampras never won on clay. Uh, so, it. but with this, it's, I <laughs> it's mean. It's tough. Uh, Nadal has won on each one, right? Yes. Okay. So. I think his, his struggle is the. Australian. I think that's the one he only has one at. Or is it I think it's Australian he only has one at. But he he's also one of those that only has one in one location. But yes, it's kind of hard to consistently be a win. Australian, yeah. That was 2009. He has one. So it, it it's I mean, it's going to be a conversation. It's going to be a debate. <laughs> but each each one has their strengths and clearly their weaknesses. <laughs> this is true. I, I, I still go Sampras only because he's won uh, everywhere. And it's not like one particular course he's dominated on. You know, it's not like for Sampras, 12 of his are at Wimbledon or 12 of his at the U.S. Open. He's spread out over all of the different Federer. courses. Federer, thank you, Federer. It's spread out over all of them except for the French Open where he only has one. But again, that's due to Nadal being so great 
and winning 13. And also that was Nadal's fourth straight um, French Open championship. If Nadal had even two at the Australian Open and then maybe one, um, one less at the French Open, I would consider him the GOAT. But I, I got to put him two for right now. Now, it was interesting that it was the finals that we all wanted to see. Uh, Djokovic versus Nadal. At that particular point in time before the match started, it was 19 and 18 respectively. Nadal having 19 and Djokovic having 18. So Djokovic could have tied him and they've both been at 19. And we'll see what takes place at the Australian Open, which Djokovic dominates more so than anyone else. Maybe he gets the 19. Djokovic, I think when it's all said and done, might be GOAT because he's gonna have more chances to win at other tournaments than Nadal. Nadal, once he steps into the French Open healthy or even 90% healthy, he wins. Anywhere else, he's gonna to struggle to win a, a Grand Slam title at that particular point. And it's interesting that they have been at been at this level for so long because it seemed like it maybe it may was just something that, that I thought it was but once like a guy turned 30 then everything slows down as far as a tennis player um if he if he loses a step and he starts losing then it, it's time to retire right um but Nadal is I'm not sure how how old uh 36 I want to say I could be wrong. Uh, Nadal 34. is Nadal is thirty four. Uh, Federer is thirty nine. Um, I'm not sure how old Djokovic is. Djokovic is thirty three. Thirty three. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're it's like they're still in the prime of their careers, and they're yeah. still effective. They're still you know they have a chance to win whenever they're out there. And it's that's not something I I thought I would see for from guys their age. Right. So, yeah, they're they're going to have more chances. Just the more that they you know they, they, they take play. care of themselves, the more they keep playing, it um, they're going to have give themselves chances to win, and it'll just continue this debate. But Djokovic is he oh, yeah, looks like he has more time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little more time, and he has more chances. Right. If you play well on other surfaces and you play well on clay, you just can't beat the king of clay, then you have a better chance. I I look at it at um, Nadal. I was surprised that he beat Federer. I mean, not Federer. um, Djokovic in straight sets. Straight sets. And throughout this entire 2020 French Open, he never lost a set. So he really dominated and took care of business throughout. Now, Federer, again, being 39, his chances of winning are going to start to get less and less as he continues to age. And he's going to be, unfortunately, in that category with Serena Williams. The older they get, the less likely their chances of winning are to where he might get stuck at 20 because you've got two great players that are six and seven years younger than you that are in their prime at this particular point. And it's likely that you're going to face one or both either in semifinals or finals. And for you to face, we'll say, a Nadal in the semis and then Djokovic in the final, vice versa, that's going to take a lot out of you 
and trying to win. So for now, right now today, Federer can puff the cigar and celebrate as the GOAT, but that could be changing real soon. Uh, but it, it, it's good that you have those players, at least three of them, who can battle each and every time for a championship. Now, on the women's side, everything is kind of falling off. Um, in this particular French championship, I cannot pronounce her last name, so I will not try. Iga, uh, she is the first Poland player to win a Grand Slam title, whereas men's or women, um, she beat uh, Sophie Keenan in straight set 6-4-6-1. So congratulations to her. That women's tennis side, if Serena's not in it, it's a revolving door right now. Um, Coco is on the rise as a young player. We have Osaka, who's been playing well. She has a few, but it's constantly changing. We, you can't pencil in um, some, or even the help. Um, you can't pencil them in the finals anymore. But in the finals of men, you can. there's three guys you can pick from that you can pencil in the finals on a consistent basis. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad for the game. I, I would want to see more consistency to see history take place as opposed to different players here and there going and coming uh, depending on who's hot at the time. I, I'm looking forward to the men's going forward to answer that GOAT debate, uh, GOAT, uh, debate and figure out who is truly the best based on their play. Because we're seeing it. We talked earlier about Shaq versus the King, which is the best and who you pick. We only saw one series head-to-head. -head. We're seeing multiple chances of these guys head-to-head. -head, so it won't be any debate based on titles and head-to-head -head, who is the best when it's all said and done. We got a call on the line. Hello? Were you talking to me? There he is. What's going on? Eric? Well, we had it. We had another. We had another person uh, who had called in. But, I you, I mean, but if you want to talk, Eric, I mean, let's go. You're already here. <laughs> I, I didn't realize you were talking to me. I thought you were talking to somebody else because I could hear him on the line while I was on hold. Yeah, there was somebody else, but they, I think they dropped off. Okay. Go ahead. What you got, man? So the Raiders play football, huh? <laughs> they do. They, they know how to play. Bit. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to the Raiders. They beat the Chiefs, knocking them off as one of the few undefeated teams and actually did it in Kansas City. That's a division win for the Raiders too, man. So they basically, they put them on notice. It's like, we might win this division too. That's in, Carr, Carr is playing, Carr is playing what he was built, Carr is playing in the way he was built to play when he was coming out of college at this point. What would you say? It's, it's, it's hard to sell. I mean, quarterback runs in their blood. You know, and I, I think maybe it was um, a little show improved because early in the week they both got um, him and some other teammates got fined fifteen thousand dollars for not wearing a mask during a charity event. Now fifteen thousand is not a lot to a, you know a millionaire, but regardless, it still hurts the pocket. So I think, and because of the public perception. I think that that had something to do with it. You got to show out, go show and prove at this particular point in time. And I got to give Gruden a lot of credit for having the team ready to play. 
they did back down when the Chiefs got back up again. And I like the Not call. a little bit. Yeah. I like the fourth and one call. And I'll say the same thing uh, about the game in Seattle. It's fourth and one. If you get it, the game is over. You don't want to give Patrick Mahomes and that offense a chance to go down and score. And even if it is to get a two-point conversion. They've been so good at going down the field, you go for the win. And that's why I don't blame um, the Vikings head coach, um, Zimmer, Zimmer, for going for fourth and one at the Seahawks' five-yard line. You go for it yeah, and because you know Russell Wilson will go down and score, which is what they did. But he was – I mean, I guess it's – this. That decision might make Russell Wilson the MVP because you are so afraid of him doing anything when they when he has the ball that when you could go up eight to where the worst thing that can happen is, is a tie and you go to overtime, you'd rather keep him off the field. Yes. Than a tie. And you want a potential three. tie. You're one and three. You go for it. Fourth and one. I always say if it's fourth and one, that just shows who really wants it. Because a yard is only three feet. And <laughs> you could quarterback sneak and get, you know, there's so many things fall that forward. you can fall, for, fall right. forward. Getting a yard should not be hard. So you're just deciding who wants it more. Well, wait, wait. I, I Think about what you just said. A yard should not be hard. This is a game that's built on inches. And you know these, these dudes, you see, you see this every single week, man. Folks are like scrapping just to get an inch, and they're losing inches at a time. So I'm not gonna say a yard should not be hard, but it is basically just fall forward if there's nobody there. If there's nobody there, but there's all almost always somebody there. Right, but that just shows you who wants it. If your offensive line pushes two feet, you get the first down because, like you say, that third that third foot is going to be falling forward. It shows you who really wants to win that particular game. And Seattle's defense stepped up and proved that, hey, we got the start we needed. Now we give it to the MVP. Let him drive down the field and win the game. And a couple of plays were well, fourth and 10 and fourth and goal. And you thought, okay. And the one thing I appreciated, the Vikings didn't play a prevent defense. They blitzed. Um, they had a... One time they stacked the box on the right instead of went from the left-hand side. So it wasn't like they were just playing a zone or cover two and say, hey, keep everything in front. No, they were still complain, uh, playing a, a tough defense. It's just Russell Wilson came through, him and Metcalf. It's too early. Metcalf is the truth, by the way. Metcalf is definitely the truth. It's too early in the year to be to um, crown, him, crown him MVP, man. Let him get halfway through the season. Because I, I can see. It's what we do. It's the what NFL, we do. The narratives <laughs> begin week two. Right. Yeah. It's what we do. We're in week five. <laughs> we already talking about teams who are uh, one and uh, four who. Coaches are, are being fired done, already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't know anything about 104. One and four. I live in four and one land. Oh I live in four and one land. Congratulations to your Cleveland Browns. They are looking legitimate. I give you credit for that. They're looking legitimate. I, I'm waiting for Greg to say it. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> but Greg, you, but you see why though? You see why though? Because they're good. What no, I mean about? they're running. They're they're running, they're the, running ball. the ball. They didn't win running the ball yesterday. They, they were throwing, 
and it downfield the downfield blocking by those receivers. That's the first excellent. time. I think that's the first time all season they threw the ball more than they ran it. When have we ever said that? <laughs> I'll wait. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, but they, they, I mean, but and they they played they played good defense too. Um, they they only got one sack on Rivers, but they forced him to throw two picks because it's Philip Rivers. Yeah. So he's they just got to be one. ready. He, he's always good for one. Well, I say this, man, is and I am truly a Browns fan, but I think that the true number two team in the AFC showed up against the Chiefs this weekend, and that was the Raiders. I really, I really do believe that was not a fluke, and those dudes are just that tough, man. In the AFC, the Raiders are the number two team, and if you if you think you can make a strong argument based on, have you seen the Raiders play any games other than the Chiefs game? That's it. I've just seen highlights of the other ones. Have you seen enough? Have you seen enough to make an argument for them? Uh, I, I, I mean, they, they played well against the they Saints. They played well. I mean, the the Saints aren't who they weren't like the dominant force. I think people thought they were going to be, but that's the only other game I've seen from them. The uh, Saints, the Saints are probably the number two team in the NFC, and. The Raiders, the Raiders laid themselves. Better than the Packers. I was about to say you got the Packers and the Seahawks. Hold on now. The Bears are four and one. Well, you know yeah. I, give you that. I don't. I don't I'll think the Packers. Are, I don't think. I don't think when Foles is at the quarterback, when Foles is starting quarterback, I don't think the Packers are as good as the Bears. Listen, I'm a Bears fan, and I'm gonna be <laughs> Wait honest. Wait a second. Wait I'm gonna be honest. Second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on now. I, I'll take credit for the defense uh, playing great as usual. But Foles at quarterback uh, makes the Bears better than the Packers. Did the no. Tampa Bay? You see what he no, did against the, the Colts? Though? That was the defense. Yeah. I didn't hear it. Say it one you more time. You see what he did against the Colts? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's the NFL, man. <laughs> it's the NFL. I, it's hard to say that that Foles makes the Bears better than no. the Packers. That, that's, that, that's no. I, that's I can't even go with no. that. No. As no, much as I would like I to, I can't, I can't go, go that with that way. one. No. That's impossible at this point. I'm sorry. Now, if you think the Saints are better than the Bears, no, I can't do I can't give you that either. Not at this point. Well, well if not Michael at, Thomas. Not, not at this point. Yeah. Without without I, Michael Thomas getting in fights with teammates. Yeah, uh, what was that all about, man? What what was well, that? I think does, Mal- does the story come out? Well, the the story that I've read is that Michael Jenkins uh, during practice, called um, called Thomas Slant Boy because that's all. That's the, the only route run. he runs, <laughs> and uh, Thomas didn't like that. But he ended up he 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 got in a fight with somebody else. I can't remember what it was. Another DB that he got into an altercation with. But it started with Michael Jenkins calling him uh, Malcolm Jenkins calling him Slot Boy. Slant Boy. Did they, did they throw down? Throw down? Or it was just like a. Those details didn't didn't come out, but may, I, he, he had to he had to have hit there him. There's more to that. He had to obviously. have punched him. Uh, otherwise, the otherwise it's a it's not a story. And then we're talking about if Thomas is going to play tonight because of his injury, not because of a fight. So he had to have punched him. He punched somebody. Okay. Well, back to what I was saying, man. The Ra- the Raiders. If you go, if you spend a little time, if y'all spend a little time looking at what they've done so far. The Raiders are clearly the number two team in the AFC, and that's the truth, man. Carr, Carr is playing good ball, and they cut, they protecting that dude, man. And the defense, the the corners, 
the corners for the Raiders are like Mr. Anonymous on one, two, three, and four, but they they get it done though. So are they? You say they're better than a four and old Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers, and the Ravens, and the Browns, and the Browns got the Browns got to play them. The Bills, undefeated Bills. Undefeated Bills and the Titans, I know they keep testing positive for COVID-19. They can't get a game in. They can't get in the field, (laughs) but they're 3-0. I didn't think about that. The Titans can make a case. The Titans got a case. The Titans definitely got a case. But other than the Titans, I, I I don't see anybody at this point that's better than the Raiders except for the Chiefs, and they beat the Chiefs. And they beat it. It wasn't, and it was clear that there were no lucky plays there. They were just opportunistic every every single down, man. They were like, we we gonna press these dudes, and they sure did. They sure did. Again, that comes down to coaching at that particular point in time. Um, I I still don't see them better than the Steelers right now. Now, granted, the Steelers have only played the. They beat Philly. They, they beat Philly. And the Steelers were struggling with the Broncos. The Broncos, the Broncos were dropping. Like, the Broncos were dropping like drunk dudes got beat up in a bar, man. <laughs> <laughs> and they were struggling with the Broncos. They beat them, but I'm not. Four and zero is still four and zero because you're not supposed to lose the teams. I.e., the Falcons who lost to the Panthers got their coach and GM fired. So you still have to win those games, even if a team comes in desperate or doesn't play well. You still have to take care of business as the better team. So I will give Pittsburgh, and they've been flying under the radar. All the talk is about your uh, Cleveland Browns in the division because how well they run the ball, how well Baker's looking. Also, all the talk is about Lamar Jackson and the team. Can they win in the playoffs? Because regular season seems to be a foregone conclusion that they'll go like 12-4 and or whatever. But postseason, can they do it? Then everybody wants to talk about Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, how well he looks as a rookie, how he is seeming like he's built for the league. He got, you know, uh, hit a couple of weeks ago. And then last week he slid and was like, you know what, I realized I need to slide and not take those big hits and how well they're playing. So nobody is talking about Pittsburgh in that Pittsburgh. division. Pittsburgh's going to get exposed this Sunday. You'll see. Just like I told you about the Dallas game. I try. I, I couldn't I had something I had to do last week. I couldn't say anything about Indy, but Pittsburgh's gonna get exposed this Sunday, man. Mm. Those dudes—they're not as good as the Colts, and that's the truth. They're not as good as the Colts. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll, we'll see. All right, y'all, y'all, just just cover Claypool. Don't let him go out. Right. Y'all, y'all be all right. <laughs> well, four, t- yeah, three touchdowns. Four, yeah, four, four total four touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, number Who's eleven. Get four touchdowns. Claypool, number Claypool. eleven. He had four touchdowns yesterday. Right, against the Philadelphia Eagles, right? A desperate yeah. team. <laughs> okay. You think he's going to get four touchdowns this Sunday? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying just cover him. Oh, yeah, they got Debbie <laughs> on him. The whole secondary is going to be helped well. Um, Williams. I say he gets two. I say he gets two touchdowns. <laughs> he won't get four. He'll get two. He'll get some nice yards, but he's only going into that end zone one time. They they gonna be they gonna be on him, man. I'm telling you, they gonna be on him. They gonna be on him strong. He going into that end zone one time. Now I'm not saying Pittsburgh's only gonna score one time, but that's all he's getting. Hmm. Okay. And uh, ben, Ben's gonna be on his butt at least three times. Houston won that game against Jacksonville, thirty to fourteen, with interim head coach Romeo Cornell. Uh, I guess if you you know is Cornell a hundred yet? No, he's ninety nine. Okay. <laughs> he is the oldest the oldest, oldest coach. head coach in yeah. NFL history. Yeah. 
73, I want to say. Uh, no. Yes. He's yes. 73. 73. Yep. I was right. Nah, he was 73 when Clinton was president. He got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> hey, man, some people have that Benjamin Button disease. Don't be hating on Romeo. I hating on him. He looked like he's 70-something. I was giving him some props. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting that, you know, once J.J. Watt had his little blow up with Bill O'Brien and that was it, man, you know. Yeah, when, once the once your your bet your star player, <laughs> I don't want to say best player, but he's JJ Watt is still the face of the Texans. And um, he still is over Deshaun Watson. He still is, yes, yes, yeah, that's he a is. Fair, that's a fair statement, man. Mm. They, they Watson love that will dude, be there man. soon, but right now it's still JJ Watt. Wow. Okay. But, it but just, once it you're really face- justifiably so, man. He's a good, he's a, he's an excellent player when he's healthy. He's an all around yeah. good dude off the field. Yeah, but when, yeah, he does once, a lot for the once the coach gets into it that. with with the face of the franchise, that's it for you. You done. You done. I mean, he should have been fired when he traded DeAndre Hopkins, right. but yeah, that was, <laughs> that's another that was Steve Ballmer of the Clippers and Lewis Frank trading away seven picks, but you know. <laughs> I'm ch- hey, Bill O'Brien, Clippers, boy. Woo. The Clippers, the Clippers, gonna be back in it next year. This, this, um, this virus thing really worked to LeBron and Anthony Davis's advantage because they didn't have to do all that traveling. You know, Correct. they were stationary and they're already great. But that traveling puts a lot of wear and tear on those tall bodies, no matter how how much how spacious the plane is for them. So that kind of worked out for them. But the Paul George got to get an attitude check, man. Well, I mean, it it, it 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 can help players as far as the physical part, but like you said, like with Paul George, it can it takes a toll on the people who can't handle it mentally, because if they have a bad game, where do you go? I mean, there's nowhere to he go. Can, he he, he, he right likes there. to go he likes to go fishing, but they had a, a fake pond somewhere on that campus, but you could only fish in the fake pond so much. You can only yeah. play so many rounds of miniature golf. You can only play cornhole so much. So it it really was a it really was tough for why why uh, you may have heard Giannis say that this was the toughest championship to win this would be the toughest championship to win just because of what it does to you mentally yeah you're stuck in this place for three months three if you're gonna months. if you're gonna make it uh, the whole time and then depends family. on your level of professionalism and LeBron yeah. LeBron and those dudes proved that they were they were consummate professionals man. They're like whatever, whatever, whatever we have to do, it's not going to be nearly as bad as the rest of the country. So we we're okay. We're going to win this. It might have also helped LeBron that he had the presidential suite, and I don't know if anybody else got one. Oh, you know they didn't. <laughs> I don't Come think on, anybody man. else got a presidential. Where's Paul suite. put that in the contract? They were sleeping on full size beds, two door rooms. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> he had yeah. a, he had a double king. <laughs> he had, he got like four beds in his room. It's just him. He's not sharing that room with anybody. And they probably knocked down some walls to to make it bigger, so he could sleep in one bed in the then... kitchen before it closed at nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> other folks, yeah. Anybody anybody got something to say about Haskins? I think they gave up on him too soon. Uh, Rams beat the um, Washington football team thirty to ten, and yeah, they um, did not start Haskins. Well, he was demoted to number three. Yeah, and I think they're that, gonna trade him. Yeah, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna happen, and I think that it it comes with the when you have a young quarterback and then he gets a new coach. Like that coach wasn't part yeah, of drafting part of him, so it's like Haskins had something to prove with Rivera, 
and he it just it didn't happen. Didn't so they move on from him, and that's I mean I I feel bad for Haskins, but I don't know if he's going to be handling all that well because he got demoted to number three and he wasn't even in the stadium yesterday because of a quote unquote stomach virus. And so, yeah, that that's the the the, the news said really? stomach virus. I really? didn't believe it for the a second. Virus. I think he is salty. He was and he may not be handling this very well. So I don't know if a team is going to take him. I think he might be on the roster the rest of the season. I don't, I don't think he gets true. traded. They may try to trade him. I don't think it happens. And next year they they cut him. And I don't know if he plays another down. That could be what? his career. It, it's possible. Ever. ever, it's possible. It is very possible. And because because the stories are going to come out about his bad attitude, his bad study habits, yeah. what he what he you know he he's not fully aware. I mean, people got on him last year when they won a game, but because he thought the the clock ran out, he wasn't on the field to do the kneel down. So people got on him about that. Some people got him when they played last week. They lost, but he was out on the field too long talking to the other team after the game. So there are things that people are nitpicking with him about, and they're going to nitpick him out of the league. And it's it's awful, but I think that's what's going to happen. Oh man, I I don't. Oh man, I just uh uh, I can't see that, man. I can't I can't see him just being out of the league, man. It's possible. He's going to be sitting on somebody's bench maybe somewhere waiting for a chance to go in, but nah, he's just not that bad. I mean, look at yeah. – How, I mean, how he, do you know he's not that bad, though? I've, seen, I've, watched, I've watched him play. He's he's not good, <laughs> but he looks is like he, a dude that if you work with him – Is he better than Tyrod Taylor? No. Tyrod Taylor Tyrod Taylor is under – they underestimate Okay, him then he won't get a job then because Tyrod Taylor is the consummate – Backup quarterback wherever he goes. Like, you bring him in to bridge the gap between, you know, maybe your rookie that you got or to have a solid, you know, quarterback to start the year. If he's not better than Tyrod, he's not going anywhere. He's better than the dude that's backing backing up Matt Ryan. And that's the question. Who, Who is, is back? backing up Matt Ryan exactly? Is it Schaub still? I think, I think Schaub still Schaub. in the league. No, no. Matt Schaub, what'd you say? <laughs> no, it's not Matt Schaub. <laughs> it's not Matt It is. Wait. I think it's Matt Schaub. Let me. I thought it was Matt Schaub. I thought Matt Schaub was still <laughs> hanging around somewhere. It is Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub is still there. He's the backup. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's better than Schaub. Uh, he's better than Schaub. His skill set's better than Schaub. They just need. He need to go somewhere where he can work with him. But he doesn't want to leave that area, man, because that's home for him. He's lit. He's playing literally 15 minutes from his house where he grew up. He don't want to leave. A here. lot of times, that's a problem for a lot of players. Just playing at home. Because you can't separate your your work from other distractions of being around friends and family. So and I mean that's that, that that's going to be another part of the nitpicking and the narrative that okay he's too distracted and that's going to be part of it. Yeah, he's not putting in the work that he needs to. And plus, it's, it's this situation where okay he has to learn a new offense more than likely, new terminology in a pandemic, no preseason. I mean, it was it was stacked against him, but I think it's more than what we're seeing that he's not handling this very well. Well, I'm pretty sure somebody's gonna sit down with him and say, "Okay, you don't have a college degree. Is there anything that you could do that you can make this kind of money right now, other than this? And if there's not, 
You better get yourself together <laughs> because and good he, money's going to have to wait money. at least a year and a half if he's going to play in the XFL. Yep. Nah, man. <laughs> nah. He ain't down here with Troy Smith and uh, yeah, what's my is. man, Cardell, Cardell Jones. Yeah, he, is. he ain't he down is. here with those dudes. He nah, is. man. I mean, we haven't seen a quarterback from Ohio State do well. Correct me if I'm wrong. That would be true. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, nah, Burroughs technically. Burroughs technically no, got no, no, See, no, no, you, no, 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 don't do Y'all can't claim him. You can't, right. Y'all can't claim he him now. LSU. He won a championship with LSU. Y'all got him out of the it. way for Haskins. Right. You well, can't claim him now. <laughs> okay, I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go look to the Falcons. 23-16. Uh, to 16, Carolina won, and they did not wait till the end of the year like we expected for uh, Arthur Blank, or maybe if they had gone 0-7 or 0-8. After 0-5, Arthur Blank pulls the plug on Dan Quinn. And, and said surprisingly, it was a tough decision, but go ahead, I'm listening. And surprisingly, also got rid of uh, Thomas Dimitrov, who is the GM. Um, no, it wasn't no tough decision. That's what, that's that's what he said. What, that's, what, that's what you have to say. Well, you I can't mean, come out and say this blank, joker blank, sucked, so we let him go. Blank has been loyal. Yes, I mean, to a fault. He he let go of Michael Vick when he absolutely had to. Yeah, he let go of Jim Mora when he absolutely had to. Mike Smith, the Mike same Smith, rep. when he absolutely <laughs> had to. And at this point, and that was normally at the that was at the end of the at season. In the, the season, he but does now, not like doing it during the year. Zero and five. Yeah, and the way that they have looked in those losses. Not just with the two were two blown leads in the fourth quarter, but the other games too. They did not look that great, so he had he had to go, and I think it was a tough decision for Blake because he is he's like you said loyal to a fault. fault. Yeah, that's not something he likes to do, and I wondered. I went back and I was wondering why Dimitrov went too, and I always question who made the final decision in drafts. Was it Dimitrov? Was it Quinn? Because most times. A coach says, hey, these are the players I want. These are my one, two, and three must-haves. And then, you know, the GM makes the decision, the final decision between the coach and the um, GM. This but was, this was seen hmm. to be a mutual, I don't know, they rock, paper, scissors for that final decision on some of these draft picks. But going back and looking through the, the Falcons draft, there isn't one player outside of Julio Jones that they can hang their hat on whether they're still in Atlanta or somewhere else as, oh, this Joker is a pro bowler. This Joker was definitely one of the best picks. Every other team can have that one person that they bring in that makes a difference in a team. And when you've been there for 12 years that Thomas Dimitrov has been there, and the only thing you can hang your hat on is Julio Jones, that's a problem. Matt Ryan. He drafted Matt Ryan. Nah, that was his very tried. first year. No, Did Matt he? was there. Matt was already there. His very first so. year. His very so. first year. Did he he drafted Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Okay. Well, that's something to hang your hat on, but you can't hang it for long, though. That's not, but it has to be on. more than one player. Right. <laughs> I'm saying. Uh, it and it was it wasn't anybody on defense. That's the other thing too. As a defensive minded coach, you would think, okay, I'm gonna get the best out of you know these players now. Keanu Neal, I think, is a good player, but he stays hurt. So I can't put him in there. But there were a lot Beasley of misses. Had Vic Beasley had one, one good, good year. One year, and that's it. Um, Jamal Anderson, the, no. the defensive end, can't not the running him. back. 
can't count him. Deion Jones, he doesn't play. You know, I, he get, I yeah, he, he's gotten hurt. He's a got lot. it right. So I, maybe you start lead to looking at the Falcons' medical staff as to why these players that, keep getting hurt. Isn't that DB from LSU pretty good? Who? Didn't they pick a Didn't they pick a um, defensive back from LSU this year? Uh, Terrell, he's out of. Uh, oh, AJ Terrell. AJ, he's, he's from out Clemson. Of Clemson. He's from Clemson. He's all right, isn't he? No, no, he's not a, not great enough not for right. him to save his <laughs> save the meat drops job. Right. Well, so, I'm not hip to the dude that, that took over for him, but I saw the name, so I assume he's a brother. I haven't seen a picture oh, of Rich him. McKay. Oh, well, no, Raheem Morris. Morris, who was yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks coach, Tampa head Bay. coach and the okay. defensive coordinator. Now, the first thing in order of business, he has the bench Isaiah Tolliver. I mean, I think everybody's he has him. to. Everybody's cut him or something because you can't tell me as a player. We go into film study, and I'm seeing you getting burnt and beat every single time. I can't count on you in whatever scheme we're running. So at some point, you're going to lose the locker room of the players if you keep starting this guy and having him out there because that's affecting the bottom line of winning. And you can't get off the field and give the ball back to the offense if they keep picking on one particular player. And it was funny because the um, uh, Panthers kept picking on him. Like, they had a wide receiver that's usually lined up on the outside in the slot just to go at him. Like, that's Michael Thomas line. Why would you do that unless you know this guy is that sorry in the NFL? So, first order of business is to get rid of him. That's it. You got Ace on the line. What's up, man? What's up? You know, great show as always. <laughs> but I had to uh, I had to call in to give some light on the last two subjects: the Washington team. I almost said the R word, <laughs> and 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 the Falcons. So I'm gonna start with the with the with the Washington team because you know you know who my team is. Give y'all some better insight. So the, so everything y'all said about Haskins and unfortunately for him not having the regime. But you got to go back to understand the context. They fired Gruden last year, week four, week five, interim coach. Haskins didn't start till I want to say week eight, week nine. So he played four games last year, four or five games last year as he started. Then you now, then you, uh, so you have a coach that drafted you. He gets fired. Interim coach, you start four or five games the previous year. Then you go into this COVID thing. You don't have a pre, you don't have an off-season regimen. You don't have a preseason, um, and then you go straight into into a regular season. Don't forget, they don't have no weapons. McLaurin is it. They don't have they don't have a tight end. They don't have a running back. They don't have opposite wide receiver. They don't have an O line. Like they are, I predicted them to win a game every other month. So at best, they four and twelve. You know what I mean? So, so it has to be something, and now you got to coach. I'm surprised with, with with Ron and doing this, and you know sprinkling out, sprinkling enough out to turn the tide as far as the PR move. You know what I mean? And now that I look at him, I'm like he's a defensive-minded coach. So you don't have no idea on how to handle a quarterback. Same thing with the back with the um with the secondary coach that they brought in, the guy from from the, from the Raiders. He's more of a defensive-minded guy, so your higher-up structure on the coaching side don't have no way of handling a rookie quarterback. So, you know, I'm that scratches your head 
But I'm with you on that, Greg. He's done in Washington, um, but he'll he'll wind up. Somebody will pick him up because it's a three-year deal, so you'll pick him up. Like right now, San Fran probably can, can use them because they have their their trio of, of quarterbacks are atrocious. You know what I mean? So, some you know, especially with uh, like Jimmy that. G getting benched, which I didn't think that that would happen. Jimmy G getting benched at halftime uh, in that particular game. Yeah, I mean, so they don't. You know, Jimmy G is, is you know I won't I won't say he's horrible, but you know he he has his moments. Obviously, um, has he has he reached his plateau? But I could see. Um, I can see um, what's the what's the coach there at San Fran? Um, Shanahan. Shanahan being able to use a mobile quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So there are some scenarios in which he can get picked up, and you would have him at a sweet price on you know two years left on a rookie deal. You know what I'm saying? So he'll be fine. He just won't play another snap in Washington this year. Just just he's gone. Um, to the Falcons, they had one yesterday. Arthur Blank, I guarantee you, I, I bet my money. He wouldn't have fired. Um, he wouldn't have fired uh, Dan Quinn if they had beat. Um, they had beat Carolina. No, he because that's you don't fire Carolina. someone after a win. Oh, yeah, you would allow him to mess around and go two out of four. Or, you know, go on some little streak and would have kept him through the whole season. But they got to get rid of everybody. Everybody has to go. The problem is. The culture that Dan Quinn and Dimitrov and Arthur Blank has cultivated, and especially since the uh, the Super Bowl, is one of losing. That's what they've cultivated. It, it permeates. It permeates the organization. Everything they do is trying to rectify the screw up from 2016. And the only way you can get rid of that is getting rid of everybody who was a part of that of that. Run. So you're saying it's like having termites in the house, even though the house is clean, you still gotta <laughs> fumigate everything and clean out everything. Clean out everything, and the, and the three things, that, and this is my opinion. I know we're gonna probably have to just this, this, these three things will probably turn into a whole show by itself. But three people got to be on the trading block, and and depending on what coach you want to bring in, that's the reason why everybody's talking about Matt Ryan has to go. Right now, you need to have a fire sale and load up on traffic. Matt Ryan still holds a pretty good commodity. And, and to Matt Ryan's defense, Matt Ryan has a new head coach every two seasons. But this uh, is, new, this or, is new this, OC. Yeah, this is or, his third coach. No, he has both, an OC and a coach. Well, Dan Quinn is his, his was his second head coach. Yeah, second head coach. He's only had two coaches. It's different OC, oh, he's, but he's, the, he's the, the OC. Mike Smith, he's doing Mike Smith and Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn, that's Dan it. Quinn? That's, yeah, it. That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, then he's at, then he's at different OC. He's had different OC. Shanahan, Sarkeesian, Cutter twice. Cutter diff, two different times. Right. I feel like there was somebody else in there too. Yeah, I think he's had five OCs. Okay. So to his defense, he's learned a new language every season and a half in his career. That's hard to do. Like we had um, Jason uh, Campbell. Jason on uh, Campbell on. He was like. He had a new head coach or OC all through college and his four years in the league. And he's like, you know, that's not, you know, don't feel sorry for him, but that is hard to do. When you start looking at the greats, they 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 have a, they form a marriage and they have the same, it's, you know, it's consistency. You know, every year and out, this is what you're going to have. So you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at um, look at Brady, or you look at um, uh, Drew Brees, you know, 
every year they know what they know what to expect. You know what I mean? So it's easier to kind of plug in and play when you have the system in place. I that's think that's another case. reason why Dan Quinn got fired is because coming to the season, you had Cutter again at the OC. All of the offense was back. The defense was going to be back and healthy. And not being able to have an off uh, a preseason or OTAs the way you wanted to because of the pandemic, teams that were presently constructed that brought everybody back with back, fair burden. You should, you should do better. Do and, right. and for the most part, you see that with everybody that's everybody else. one or right. For the most part, that, that has played out. Yep. I, other than the Cowboys and um, But they got a the new coach, Falcons. though. They got a new coach, huh? so... The Cowboys got a new coach. Yeah, coach, but ain't nothing really changed on either side of the ball as far as players. Not no mass transit of people coming in and out. Yeah, as now. Yeah, but again, that's why the Falcons. You know, surprisingly, that Arthur Blank did it during the year. But again, you bring in better everybody at, back, and you start zero and five. Yeah, yeah. you got to go. You, Matt Ryan has to go. Because he has value right now, he has value. Well, I think that season, that's already that's already. I feel like that's in the works because Arthur Blank was asked about you know Matt Ryan's future, and he said we'll have to see. That that's NFL for nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julio Jones, Julio Jones. They need to do whatever they need to do to get Julio Jones healthy, so he'll be have some value. And then the other person I would put on that block. Would be uh would be Jones the linebacker, Deion Jones. the defensive side, because whoever you bring in, and like I, like I said, you got a clean house. So even though Raheem Morris is the is the interim coach, so they fired the uh, special team coach as well. Other people got fired that's not making the headlines. They cleaned some more house, just you know today as far as the Falcons go. Um, you got to get rid of everybody, and then whoever you bring in, you want that new regime to come in. And just start from scratch, because, like I said, you look at the Washington, you look at Washington, the Washington football team. You see what's going on when you bring in a new regime, but you still got leftovers from the previous regime. Yeah. It, it, it always doesn't work out, and some, you know, and so start all over. Yeah. I preferably would like to see them get somebody out of college. I don't think for me, if I'm like Eric Benhenemy in Kansas City. I would love to go down to Houston because Houston has a franchise quarterback. They have some talent on the on the outside to play around with. Mainly, they have a quarterback. Whereas, if I come to Atlanta, I'm rolling the dice on who I may have to, you know, draft and all that kind of stuff. If um, it's a and, younger team, it's a younger team in Houston. And Houston, yeah, and yeah, Houston as well. And is in the weaker division. <laughs> I know, Don, you like to always say it's competitive. But whatever, seven, <laughs> it is competitive because every, just because everybody is always a game apart. Right, Grand, that's competitive, but that's a sorry division when it's you win a division at nine and seven or <laughs> eight and eight or seven and nine. That that's means an easier easier pass to get that first <laughs> that first playoff home game would be in the AFC South, not necessarily in the NFC South, where you know obviously look like Carolina is gelling. Tampa Bay is going to have Brady for a couple of years, and him and Aronson might form a little something. You got the Saints to have now a backup because I think I think the tutelage for um, Crab Legs, oh man, I think Winston. him being there with uh, Peyton, with him being there with uh, Sean Payton, is going to prove dividends for him once uh, once Breeze is gone. So the harder, the easier the two divisions, in my opinion, would be the AFC South, not the NFC South. 
So yeah, we'll see. But buy a sale, get rid of everybody. Uh, if you was the peanut boy during the 2016 Super Bowl, you got to go. Like, I don't want nobody that has anything to do with 2016 if I'm off the plane. What was Brand crazy, new. did you see the stands? Like, I think they were supposed to have up to, I think it was 8,000 people at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the game, and it looked like 1,000 people. Wonderful. That's how you I put, mean, that's how it you put your message. It, it literally, not, they were supposed to have up to 8,000. I know that. But looking at it, I really felt like it was no more than 1,000 people there. Like, people just, they were, and you would think Carolina being so close and obviously a division game that, you know, you might have a few people that want to show up. But it looked empty. I mean, it looked worse than uh, a preseason game in the fourth quarter and the team is up by 30 with two minutes left to go. It looked worse than that. Give the give the city of Atlanta a standing ovation. That's how you show. That's listen. That's how you like, give. That's how you uh, flex and uh, get a person up out of there. Let them know. Let them know. I ain't, I'm not spending the money. Right. You don't make a decision. I'm not coming to see you. <laughs> now, what'll be and interesting want, to see? And if is, you want to look, if you want to look anywhere to understand that concept, Greg, you know what it is. Them Cowboys fans load that stadium up every year to be eight eight. It'll be interesting to see what next home game is. Yeah. Showing up. Um, Dak is going to be gone. Uh, you should have paid him. Uh, franchising him again, you should have worked out a deal to where now an ankle you can come back from, but can you be the same player? Now you definitely are not going to garner that $40 million that you were looking for. You're going to fall back around that 33 to 35 that was originally on the table. And it's sad. And I'm not sure that he plays another game for the Cowboys. He does Whoa. not. Dak winds up. This I'm, team I'm not so sure that either. might be true. I think I think Dak uh, agent right now. If I'm him, I'm looking at who who is he's not going to play in 2020. He's not going to play in the 2021 season. So that injury, he probably won't be back until the 2022-23 season. So, well, no, he's he's um. He had surgery last night. He had surgery last night. They're saying the recovery is four to six months. So if we're talking about six months at at worst, at worst, then he's that's ready for April. preseason. Yeah. So he'll he'll be ready by April, May, and it'll just be a matter of it. They they say he's a part of the future. I'm really I'm not, not. I gotta I see. see it to if believe. If he was it. part of future, he would have been signed already. I, I gotta I see do, it to I believe. It. Say, you know what? There's, there's, there's one thing that people always say that I always laugh at. When they always say it's, uh, it's just business, not personal, that's the biggest lie that's always ever told. It's always personal. If they had liked them, they would have signed him and gave him the money. Yep. The Washington football team played around for two whole years with Kirk Cousins. Not because we were trying to get a better deal. We never wanted him to be there. So the, it was a wait You're waiting for game. somebody else. Yeah. Yes. That's what was going to go on, and I still say in the draft, if Philadelphia had not taken, um, had not taken, um, hurts, hurts, hurts. Your boy Jerry would have took hurts. That interview that that lasted that went so well, in your words, Greg, was not a fluke. The NFL talk was like, I was going to take him. Well, yeah, because you want a quarterback for cheap. The best way to win a Super Bowl is to win one when your quarterback is in that rookie, rookie contract. contract. That's the yep. cheapest that you can get. And yep. for them not to do it after that shows that also they felt Andy Dalton was good enough to get them 
to where they needed to be. That's the other thing. If, and if they mess around and go nine and seven. Oh, man. And Dalton. Listen. listen and win the division. Dalton, and win the division. If any Dalton beats Philadelphia twice, that ain't never coming. <laughs> it's over. If they if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, playoffs Dak, all, Dak ain't coming back. Dak's not coming back. Yeah. They're going to make the playoffs. Well, then well, Dak ain't Dak, coming Dak has played his last game back. as a Cowboy. Yep. Yep. This is it. So uh, his, agent, his, his agent is going to have to make some money scouring, looking at looking at what the what the landscape is going to be like. His agent is going to learn, going to earn his money these next six to nine months. It's Tom Brady getting C now. Uh, he thought it was fourth down, and you know it was. <laughs> I mean, he thought it was third down. It was actually fourth down, and that loss against the Bears uh, Thursday night. Or is it just because he doesn't have uh, a precision person like Belichick who? Dots every I and crosses every T's and, you know, knows the situation that's going on. I'm going to go to ladder. I think, well, I believe, I truly believe he thought it was fourth down because if you want to play. Oh, you still there? Did we lose you? I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I think it's more so you don't have that, that structure that Belichick provides and that, that back up to knowing everything that needs to take oh, place because down. he's so I prepared. Oh, there, oh, he there he is. And I, always, and I always told you, I, there's something about Bruce Aarons that I don't like. So, you know, and it's showing up from week to week on his play calling and decisions. He, he is not, you know, I'm gonna call, Bruce Aarons is a mature chip teller. That's too much credit. <laughs> That's way too much credit at this point. He's a much he's a mature Chip Kelly. He don't have no respect for the for the clock. He's always pushing the ball down the field. Consistently wants big plays. But sometimes you gotta you know you gotta understand what you got going on at that moment. It might need to take the take the air out the ball, and the clock becomes your friend. I don't need to always be throwing the ball into the most dangerous part of the field, which is to the you know the far hash line. And if I'm off an inch or a half a yard, it's always a pick six. That's that's all coach, not not necessarily players or understanding your personnel and and and, and the time that you do it. So it's something about somebody. Bruce Aarons that's not adding up to me. It's just not adding up. I think that's also the Falcons' problem too. In his last game, at some point, the players just gotta be like, you know what, we're gonna win this game. We're yeah. gonna have to take it upon ourselves to do it. And I feel the same way about Tampa Bay. At some point, Brady is going to be like, you know what? I only got, based on Armstrong, I got four shots down the field. That's what I got. Everything else, Bruce, we're going to have to take underneath and to my running backs like I've been doing because it's effective and it works. So it's yeah. got to be on the players. And, I mean, that's why you brought him in. A six-time yeah. Super Bowl champion, you brought him in to set the culture to say, hey, I've won six doing it this way. This is going to work. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But it's, it's something about, to me, no people are going to look at Brady, but I'm looking at And then you don't get there and lie and about he knew it was fourth down. He basically <laughs> threw the man under the bus. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Come All right. on, Bruce. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's your boy. I, I, do like, I do like Bruce telling the truth, though. Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth, he Shane knew. the devil. He, he knew. Come on, Bruce. You don't throw the <laughs> I love it. I love it. Bears four and one, baby. Yes. <laughs> y'all the most y'all the most hollow four and one team. Hey, 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 hey. 
It's okay though. It don't matter. We got a lot of stuffing. Y'all gonna beat Green Bay in the next couple of weeks? That's all that needs to be answered. <laughs> we don't go too far ahead now. We don't go too far ahead. We stick where we at. Well, I there said at the go. beginning of the year, I said probably enjoy, seven enjoy nine. The moment. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy the, moment. the moment. Yeah, four and one, we're gonna enjoy the moment. I understand what the team is. We gotta rely on defense. <laughs> uh, it was good to see them uh not want to block Mac though. I appreciate that, not double teaming him the whole night. Yeah, they exposed that was something, <laughs> something, something, horrible, something, something horrible. I felt bad for him all night. He picked him up with one hand and slammed him to the ground. Man, I love it. Man. <laughs> Gotta appreciate that. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, uh, Bo Nix is still garbage. And um, even though he fumbled it in and threw the ball behind him, I'm glad that they didn't call that against Arkansas. Otherwise, they would have lost that game. Um, the big matchup this weekend, Alabama, Georgia. It's going to be in Alabama. Who you like? Uh, Alabama. Yeah. Until Kirby beats the Kirby beats Saban, I'm picking Alabama. Uh, what I think is Saban is 21 and 0 against his former um, coaches, which included yeah. Lane Kiffin this past mm-hmm. weekend in Ole Miss. Now, I wouldn't be surprised the way Lane Kiffin and that offense put up points against Alabama that uh, Auburn doesn't call Lane Kiffin at the end of the season to come replace Gus because that's... Aren't they on the same side of the SEC? Yeah. But he is at Ole Miss right now, too. That ain't going to happen. I, I feel you. I, I you got to do something with that Auburn offense. And it's more than just letting go of Bo Nix because he's not ready for the bright lights. You know, he's more like Jeremy he's Johnson. He's that good. He's, he's like Jeremy Johnson. When you come in with expectations, then that's when they falter. So, so here's here's what here's what here's what happened in Arvin. Everybody in their mom and know what the playbook is with Gus. Everybody in their mom. Know. I know what I know when he's going to call the the, the 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 quarterback run. I know he's going to throw it to the flat. I know you know what I mean. I know everything that he's going to do, and so it might just need to be a change at head coach. But the only way that's going to happen is they're going to have to go five and five and lose a bowl game this year. So they mess around and go. They got ten games. So they mess around and go six and four, win a bowl game and be seven and four. How you gonna fire him in the COVID season? Yeah, I, I know he probably won't get fired this season. And if go seven and four, and, now if he mess around and go five and six, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It depends on who he loses to. Well, right now he'll get blown out by Alabama when they play in the Iron Bowl, based on just points alone. SEC is turning into the new Big 12. <laughs> That's true. With a lot of points being scored. I'll give you that this season. It was that way last season. I've seen it coming on last season. But the only thing is Big 12 doesn't have a championship in the last 15 years. Oh, no, no, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and, and listen, so, listen, you can throw the ball all up and down all you want to, but you can't talk if you ain't got no championship. Listen, let me, let, let me, let me, let me put that in context. It's turning into the Big 12, but there's still defense played a certain part of. Like, Georgia still has a real defense. Um, Florida still plays defense. Tennessee is one-sided. The offense is struggling, but they got a decent defense. You know what I mean? Auburn, the offense is struggling, but they have a defense. defense. You know what I mean? So, when you watch these games, you realize that the offense, some of these games, the offenses have been struggling, um, thus the points come late in the game because now the defense has been on the field the whole game, yeah. and, you know, after a while they crack. 
that's not the case in the Big 12. The Big 12 is a track track race from the first off. <laughs> it's a back and forth the entire game, like that uh, yeah. four time, uh, four overtime Oklahoma over Texas. Yeah. Yeah, it went into overtime at 42-42 or 35-35. You know what I mean? It was already a high-scoring game before it went into overtime. And you try to tell me these fools could not stop nobody for three more quarters? No. Oh. That That's that's the big difference. Um, and we'll see in, when that, that takes place. Uh, Major League Baseball, ALCS and uh, NLCS. Braves uh, are on tonight. They're taking on the Dodgers in what is suspected to be one of the best series and then in the AL, uh, Tampa Bay is already up 1-0. Uh, 2-0. 2-0. They up 2-0. They won today. They won today, right, up 2-0. Uh, it'd be good to see Tampa Bay in there. We've already discussed the Lightning winning the NHL and the Stanley Cup. So we'll see if uh, Major League gotta, Baseball gotta, can do that. got to do something to forget about Florida State, so I understand, and Miami, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Miami is Miami, – speaking of college football, they're not back. They got trounced by Clemson, but we expected that. And Miami has a decent defense. They won't feel too much. I think yep. that was one of their problems. And if it wasn't for special teams uh, – they probably would have would have been destroyed, but they kept yep. at least kept them in the game. Mm-hmm. But um, who you like? You going Braves or Dodgers? I'm going Braves, baby. Home team. That's all we got. And how many? Um, since since the Dodgers can throw old boy out there, man, I feel Braves in a seven game series. Yeah, I got Braves in I got Braves in six. Uh, it's one of those if they don't do it in six, I don't think they do it in seven because. The, <laughs> Kershaw is going to at least go twice, maybe three times. That's the thing. I don't, think, I don't think Kershaw gets the third time. That's why I got Braves in seven. But do, do you risk? Do you just throw Kershaw out there three times to get yes. to the World Series? You yes. know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's yet to be seen. But I got the Braves in seven. Yeah, you, you got to throw him out there for that third time because otherwise you, you may not get another chance. Yeah. But it is good to see them doing the bubble. Uh, I think the success of that – has been proven true now through um, basketball as well as the MLS tournament that a bubble mm-hmm. is needed. Uh, and, of course, football is proven, too, that you're going to need one. I will be interested to see with all these games being played on Monday night, Tuesday night, not giving the players a Tuesday off in the NFL, how that will affect the NFL going forward if they will at any point decide to do a bubble at a certain point. Either do a bubble, or they got to go ahead and extend the season out of twenty weeks to to give the proper rest, and, the and then that means pushing pushing back the uh, wild card and the Super Bowl. Yeah, which I don't think that they would have a problem doing it. I don't see a bubble with the NFL. Maybe not a bubble until the playoffs, but I don't see a bubble with the NFL until the regular season's over. I see them going ahead and just pushing the pushing the pushing the weeks back to accommodate everybody playing a certain amount of games. Okay, that could be true. Um, Cleveland Indians uh, let go of Terry Francona. The White Sox surprisingly let go of um, Rick Renteria. Yeah, Rick Renteria, who was also with the Cubs at one point. Uh, I'm surprised that they're letting go of certain uh, coaches during this yeah, short and season when, and pandemic and stuff. Now when you've had a, actually a decent COVID season. Right. That, so. That's what surprised me. Now, granted, they were unfortunately for the White Sox, they went from a what a two two seed to a seven seed just by not winning the division by one game. But again, nobody expected you to play well 
and you were, yeah. you know, one of the top teams in the AL Central. Why fire the coach? Yeah, I think that's, I think it's a wrong knee-jerk reaction by the White Sox. I think it's, I think it's, for those two guys, I think it's both wrong knee-jerk reactions, and I think they'll they'll when they get to a back to a regular, especially with Frank Cone, who's a, a wonderful uh, skipper. I think that'll play out not favorable for the Indians. Yeah, uh, going back to. Um... Uh, college football. Um, is it going to come down to Clemson and Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's looking like. I, I know uh, Georgia's up there, but of course they'll play head to head. Notre Dame North- is, is in there, but I don't see Yeah, but they, they were struggling with Florida State for most of that right. game to be honest. Um, North Carolina looked kind of they for a moment. Looked, looked tough, but then, you know, let Virginia Tech come back in the game, but, you know, they look a little decent. But like I said, like the question I asked when we first started talking about the the um, the, the the polls, I was like, no one's playing. The season's all messed up. I could I could tell a lot of these rankings have been puffed up just so it looks good on paper. But you know, Miami wasn't back. But you got, you want people to watch? I'm gonna go ahead and make Miami be ranked number seven or whatever in the country. Knowing good and well they're about to get transferred by Clemson because you know they hadn't proven themselves to be back. And you're going to see that constantly this year. The only two consistent teams that we see night in, uh, week in and week out is Alabama and Clemson. Now, Georgia can say something this weekend. We'll see. Um, yeah. But, you know, Tennessee, I think, got propped up a little bit. And, you know, they're one-sided. Their defense is real, the but their offense solid. is struggling. Yeah. So, you know, it's Georgia. right now it's Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. And the answer for Georgia and Alabama be this Saturday, and I'm going Alabama. Yeah. So you don't think uh, Cincinnati or Oklahoma State should crash the party? <laughs> They'll get a good bowl game. They'll get a good bowl game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Answer your question, Greg. No. <laughs> uh, speaking to Cincinnati before we get out of here, um, their president of basketball operations, Dick Williams, uh, resigned. And the unfortunate news of uh, Mr. Sunday Night Baseball, Joe Morgan, who was a longtime Cincinnati Red, passed away. Ten-time All-Star, two-time back-to-back champion in 75-76, NL MVP, Gold Glove five-time. But just him and hearing him and uh, Miller, I can't think of your first name now, Sunday Night Baseball, him and Joe Morgan, that's that's what you grew up on, on Sunday Night Baseball is listening and watching them. So uh, that means, man, we had a lot of the baseball legends uh, yeah. pass away. So Luke Walton, yeah. um, Bob Gibson, Bob Gibson, Tom Seaver, Whitey Ford. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot. I mean, I think uh, it was one where you had about at every position. Uh, yeah, they had catcher was Hal Smith, first baseman Bob Watson, second baseman Joe Morgan, third baseman Tony Taylor, shortstop Tony Fernandez. Your outfield was. Al Klein, Jim Wynn, Lou Brock. Pitchers were Seaver, Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson, Whitey Ford, and um, other pitchers, Don Larson. So literally at every position to fill a whole roster, and this was all in 2020. Yeah, man. Uh, Make sure you follow DNA Sports Talk on. Twitter. DNA Sports Talk on. DNA Sports Talk on. Facebook. Reach us directly. DNA Sports Talk at Gmail. Website. DNA Sports Talk dot com. Back here next Monday.
on WWE 1100 AM. See y'all next week. Peace. DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWE AM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so.